Excellent. We've um, started last week our series on um, uh, the book of John, going through John's gospel. It's the book on belief, as uh, John told us there in the last couple of verses of uh, chapter 20. I've written these things so you would believe, so we would uh, put our trust in Christ and uh, believe exactly who he says he is and who uh, and exactly what he's going to carry out, what he has carried out in the cross and what he will carry out in the second coming of Christ when he returns to uh, have the church united with him forever and forever in glory. So uh, John is writing to us to have us to believe in this Jesus Christ. So we're, we're going to carry that on today. And uh, I was thinking of um, a, uh, a TV series that I, I saw, right? it, was a series, it was a two-part sort of mini-movie, and it was about... Uh, a man called Ernest Shackleton. Some of you may know about that. Um, Ernest Shackleton was a uh, sort of an explorer back at the turn of uh, the 19th century, 20th century, sorry, just at the start of that. And uh, he pulled together a, uh, a team who would journey across Antarctica. So they were going to travel from one side of Antarctica to the other back in 1914. So things weren't sort of as flash as what we have them today as far as equipment's concerned and supplies and resources. But anyway, he gathered these men and he formed them into a team who would follow Ernest Shackleton wherever he would go. And uh, he took this team on a journey. They went through everything. Actually, the mission didn't complete in the end. They got, uh, their ship got wrecked in the pack ice and then he had to uh, take a small boat that they did rescue and row, I think it was about 1,400 miles to South Georgia Island to uh, rescue his team that he left back on the continent of Antarctica. Uh, if you want to see a fascinating story, that is uh, certainly a fascinating story. But they uh, shared incredible moments of joy and excitement of what an adventure is. As you go on an adventure, there's lots of joy and excitement. But when things didn't go so well, the boat got crushed, and all of a sudden they realised that was their only ticket home as far as the boat was concerned. Uh, despair and all sorts of other things uh, kicked in, and fear as well. But in this uh, small community, they really, uh, they really travelled, uh, really grew in trust as they shared life together in all of its aspects. So that was an incredible thing to see that there in this community that they went together. Today, though, we want to see another community. This is a community that Jesus Christ is forming as well. He's going to share life together with them, growing in the knowledge of God. And uh, he's going to form a community of disciples. We're going to see the beginnings of that here in uh, John today. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to uh, John chapter 1, where we're up to. And uh, we'll start at verse 35 and read through from there. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two heard John speak and followed Jesus. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. 
Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Uh, Father, thank you. Thank you today that we can come and uh, open up your word. And thank you today that uh, your Holy Spirit speaks through this word today, as it has done over the thousands of years that's been available for us. God, we really pray today your spirit would come and uh, awaken our hearts to the community of disciples that Jesus is here about to form and to see how you call us into that same community of disciples. Uh, We ask now that, Lord, you would uh, open our minds to this and help us to engage in this means of grace that you give. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we are going to see Jesus bring together his disciples, followers of him who he will eventually train uh, through life and teach them through life, through experience and knowledge as he applies that to their hearts and to their minds. And they see it in sort of real life working form. First of all, let's sort of get a bit of a picture where Jesus is up to. It's right at the start of of John's Gospel here. And to help us with a bit of this, um, when Jesus announced his ministry, as we see it in Mark, Mark's Gospel as well, uh, we see that Jesus came onto the scene announcing the kingdom of God has arrived. In Mark in chapter 1, 14, 15, which we won't have there for you, but it says here, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And uh, that's how Jesus sort of burst onto the scene. And it was very soon after Jesus began to proclaim this, the repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, that he puts into the place of building a team, a team of disciples that will, he will teach and train and raise to be people who will carry on his ministry after he's gone and returned back to glory with the Father. Jesus will invest himself. He'll invest himself into the lives of these uh, few men to uh, carry on the work of the gospel after he's returned to glory. So to get this in picture here, where uh, where we're happening uh, happening with uh, John and baptism, let's just try and work through what he's doing here. John, um, not John the writer of the gospel, there's always a bit of confusion, it's John the Baptist, John who is uh, um, the one that John... The apostle is writing about is John the Baptist. He is actually uh, baptising people now in readiness for the coming of the Messiah. Uh, John the Baptist uh, knows his Bible well and, and he knows also that the coming of the Messiah is imminent. And the same as all these Jewish uh, believers as well, they knew their Bibles very well. They knew from the book of Daniel this was the time of when the Messiah was thought to be coming, to, said to be coming. So they're uh, out there and they're looking and they're asking these questions, particularly John the Baptist when he's out there baptising. They're saying, are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Because you're doing some pretty strange stuff out here in the wilderness. And John points them, John the Baptist points them away from himself and he says this, no, it's not me. I'm not the Messiah. There's one coming after me whose shoelaces I'm not worthy to untie. So there's a very humbling statement there uh, from John as he points away from himself and points to the one who's coming. This is the Messiah. And this baptism that John was um, carrying at this point in time was a baptism of repentance, of turning from sinfulness and turning back to God and to looking to the Messiah to come. So John's baptising people here left, right and centre. There's lots of people coming out as you read those preceding verses to where we are there, of people of all walks of life, of all types of of, uh, uh, 
careers and backgrounds and whatever you know, but they're all coming as they want to hear from John as he actually points to and leads towards the Messiah coming. Jesus turns up when John's baptising. Jesus turns up and he sets a pattern for us to follow as we're having a baptismal service in a couple of weeks. John asks Jesus to baptise him. And this sets a pattern for us to follow him in obedience as we identify ourselves uh, with God's kingdom and we do that through the public proclamation, the public confession of baptism. So Jesus gets baptised here. But even here, John makes this incredible statement. This really, it's a spirit-inspired prophetic announcement that John makes. And he sees um, Jesus coming and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Very uh, marked statement here of saying who this Jesus is. We looked at the uniqueness of Christ last week. John makes this big statement, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. At the same time, John the Baptist witnesses the Holy Spirit, as it were, uh, resting upon and remaining upon Jesus for the commencement of his ministry. Jesus was uh, spirit-filled by, the, by uh, the Holy Spirit and he carried out his ministry in the flesh as a human being, totally and completely in the power of the Holy Spirit. These things certainly set a, a marker on Jesus as somebody very, very significant. And in putting this together here, these first early days, what's happening in this first chapter is happening very quickly. It's happening like one day after another, after another, after another. As you'll see there, if your Bibles are open, verse 29, it says the next day. And in verse 35, it says the next day. And in verse 43, it says the next day. And if you go into chapter 2, verse 1, it's like the third day after that. Like these things are happening all within a week. So it's a fairly quick time frame here that's taking place. But amongst all this, this next day, this next day, this next day, these things that are happening quickly amongst John baptising people, Jesus is choosing now and building a team. He's pulling together a team of disciples who he will invest his life into. Verse 39, he says this, he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. As we read there a bit earlier, um, two of John's disciples have uh, seen this Jesus and they're now asking about who he is. So Jesus is saying, come and you will see, come and follow me. What's amazing though here is that two of these disciples were sort of following John one minute, but now they're going to follow Jesus. They were sort of following John as he was doing his baptising around the, the River Jordan area, and now they're going to follow Jesus. But John the Baptist is totally cool uh, with this arrangement. He's okay with it. He knows exactly what's going on. John knows he's not the one. John knows he's just an instrument of God. He knows that Jesus is the one because he's already said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John's already very happy to point any sort of um, you know, praise or whatever towards him, direct it towards the one who is the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. So these guys that were defect, these disciples of John's defect across uh, towards Jesus, and there's not a problem. There's not a problem with John about that. He 